Let's go. Well, hey, so excited to be with you guys. Uh, everyone here in Clemson, can we make some noise for our friends in Greenville and Myrtle Beach right now? Come on. We love you guys. We're glad you're hanging out with us. And uh, if it's your first time at Rally, can you just give us a wait, wait, little wave, a cheeky wave if you feel feel comfortable? All right, my people, can we make some noise if it's for our first time friends? Come on. Hey, we, we are, we're glad that you're hanging out with us, and, and this is our, our family, uh, this is our ragtag team. You've got some six foot six giant Aussie guy just talking at you tonight, so welcome and hope you have a great night, all right? Put your seatbelts in. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Hey, I need you getting loud and fired up tonight. Are you feeling good? Yeah. Let's go. Well, well, Dela Cruz, uh, I want to give a shout out to Myrtle Beach crew. If, if you, who likes Myrtle Beach here in, in, in Clemson and Greenville? Okay, hey, the putt-putt specialist in Myrtle Beach just got the exclusive uh, rally merch. If you missed out at it in the upstate, sucked in. See you, see you at the next one, but uh, we hopefully can get you some next semester. But tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about the presence of God. Uh, every single one of us might have a different thought about when it comes to the presence of God. And I don't know your background. I don't know if you grew up in church. I don't know if you know Jesus. But I pray tonight that you would leave with a better understanding of that you can experience the presence of God with you every single day. It is not something far off removed, but you can know God. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Psalm uh, chapter 46, say Psalms. Psalms, I like it, people working on the accent out there, that's good. Uh, we're going to be reading from Psalm chapter 46, and let me read it with you. It says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present, say present, hey, we're working on this, say present, there it is, help in trouble, therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, uh, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and the foam and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river, say river, whose streams make glad in the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. And, and think about this. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. Say with us. The kingdom of God is our fortress. Come and behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to end on the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still, say be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted in the earth. This passage of scripture that we read about, the psalmist is writing in a day and age where there are cities that would be besieged. When was the last time you used the word besieged? Crickets, right? We, we don't use the words besieged. It's like, I was besieged today. It's like no one knows what this means. Besieged is this idea that there were cities back in the day that were surrounded by the enemies trying to overtake these cities, old school cities, okay? Think of Pretty Castle in England, and that, that can be your imagery in your mind for right now, okay? Besieged, and they were surrounded by the enemy trying to overturn them, but cities in that day with rivers running through them were much hard to overturn because there was life in the city. There was life throwing in the city, and this is 
imagery that we read about in this text saying that things can happen in this world but we will not be overthrown and overturned because we are a part of a citizenship not of this world but of heaven. You see, we are a part of something as a follower of Jesus. I am a citizen of Australia. You might be a citizen of America and if you're English, I love you. We, we might be citizens from different countries but we have to recognize that we are citizens of heaven first. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? That nothing in this world can overturn, overtake what you have because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand tonight that when we read this text, it's saying, man, the chaos of the world is crazy. The cities, there is so much rage and war and chaos in the world. But the city of God will not be overturned. And we are a part of this kingdom. So I want you to know tonight, as we are looking in this idea of the presence of God, we can have great hope because of the finished work of Jesus and his presence is with us. And no matter the chaos around us, the hardship that you face, God's presence is with us and we are his people. I wanted to read a long quote to you today. Is that okay? Can we have a little bit of school right now? I want to read from one of the beautiful heroes of the faith, Jonathan Edwards, an old school preacher. He says this, how, how joyful and gladsome must the, must the thoughts of Jesus Christ be to him. Imagine if this was being said about you. To think how great a love Christ has showed him, even to lay down his life and suffer the most bitter torments for his sake, who also now continually intercedes for him at the throne of grace, to consider that so great a person as the eternal Son of God, who also made the worlds, is his Lord and Master. And it is no, not a shame to call us, you and me, brethren, who will come and sup with him. Old school word to say, come and eat and dine and spend time with him. And he with him, and to see his arms extended to embrace him, and offering himself to embrace him. And besides, what satisfaction and pleasure must it give his mind to think that he is now sanctified, hear these words, and made holy, adorned and beautified with the lovely graces that make him lovely in the sight of God, and excellent in the sight of saints and angels. That's a promise for you today, that because of the finished work of Jesus, you have been made right in God's eyes, and you can experience his presence. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for the reality that in the chaos of the world, your presence is with us. We don't have to worry about this, but you are here with us, and so I pray, would you help us see Jesus clearer? I pray for my friends here tonight who may be struggling, going through hardship, going through pain. Would they be reminded that you see them, that you know them, and you love them? Would we, as a group of people across the state of South Carolina, get a glimpse of your beauty tonight? In your name I pray, amen. Amen. I want you to think for a moment, is there anyone in your life, no raise, I'm giving you a little warning, don't raise your hand, that you don't want to be in their presence? 
okay? Like you see that person across the street, it's like, I, I don't want to talk to you because when I get talking to them, they are so boring. Like, you know what I mean? Like we got those people or that you get, you get around them, it's like, ah, you just suck the life from me. Like you complain, I got to stay away from you, right? There's, let's be honest with there's some of those people in this room. I'm joking. But you see, we, there, we, there are people also on the flip side who we love to be in their presence. I know I saw some of you guys in worship, you're like going in, Jesus, I love you, I love you. Did she see me? Did she see me? Jesus, you, you see what I see? Uh, you, you position yourself in, in her presence, right? Some of you ladies are talking about when you're coming here, like, hey, Billy's going to be there. Who's called Billy here, <laughs> you know? But we want to be in people's presence. I remember dating Taylor, my wife, and just like, man, I want to be around her. I want to go to the movies with her, in the car with her. I want to be in her presence. A week ago, got married, and, and time has gone by, and I was utterly convinced that there's no one on the face of the planet that wants to be in Taylor's presence more than me. Well, 16 months ago, a little kid appeared on the scene named Elijah Mark Bull, and now he's in, my, in competition with me all the time about wanting to be in my wife's presence. We've got a picture of, of him for you. Oh, everybody say, oh, yeah, it's like that preacher just showing his family, right? You can pull it down. Uh, Eli is my best, best, best buddy. Uh, I, I'm like now the most lame Instagram account. I'm always just posting pictures of my dad. I'm like this old lame-o who's just posting about my dad. My dad. I love my dad too, but my son... <laughs> I love Eli, like he's the man, he's been in training camp since day one, I had a ball in his hand working on his motor skills, and we're just training him up to be an elite athlete, there's no, no other career option in the Bull household. So Eli uh, loves his mom, like he, he madly loves Taylor, we've got a picture of, of this love affair, L let's look at it on the screen, uh, look at that belly, don't you just want to rub it? <laughs> he's so sweaty now, I've got to tell you, like he's just sweating all the time, we can pull that down. The, last night, uh, I came home from work, and, and, and uh, we, we, I'm in a pinnacle moment right now. Like, Eli can walk. He's got, like, a little penguin walk. Like, he just kind of bobbles like this around the house, and he's like, ball, 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 and he's just always talking about random things. And so he, like, gets his little baseball, and he's like, ball, 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 and I'm like, hey, this is it. This is what I dreamed of. I'm going to go play sports with my boy outside. And so we're out in my front yard just throwing this little baseball, and he's going to go get it, and he just, like, throws it like this. And I'm like, we can work on your technique, but it's okay. And, and we're there and we're playing ball and he's having the time of his life. And I'm thinking, this is what I dreamed of. Me and my son playing catch outside. This is everything I wanted. Then all of a sudden, like he just looks around and realizes Taylor isn't outside with us. And he just drops his ball and goes, Ma! Ma? Ma? And all of a sudden he's like running, 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 frantically looking for mom. Like, where is she? Where is she? Get me out of this tall guy's presence. I need to be with my mommy. Little mummy's boy, and he runs inside, and he's screaming, ma, 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 finds Taylor, and it's like just everything calms down, and the tears stop, and it's like, bro, why do you hate me? <laughs> but this is a picture, I would say, of how the human soul was created to be. There is desperation, whether you know it or not, to be in the presence of God. That there is something in you that longs for the presence of God. And you may not realize it tonight, but you were created to be in the presence of God. And you need to feel tonight with great confidence that God created you to spend time with Him and to know Him. And He's not far off removed. And plain and simply tonight, I want to put this one thought in front of you. If you only hear one thing from me, let it be this. That the presence of God is good. Plain and simple that the presence of God is good. You might be here tonight and thinking, well, I don't really know if that is true. 
Maybe you might be wondering, well, why, why is it good? Isn't it just like this mystical thing? Like, I don't really understand. Is it for those weirdo Christians, like those Pentecostals with their flags going wavy, wavy? That was me growing up. I love my Pentecostal brothers. Maybe you might feel like it's hard to obtain. Like, what do I do, Josh? I don't really understand how to experience the presence of God. Is it just for the good people who, who dress the right way and say the right things? Is it just for church on Sundays when we hit that note and everyone seems to have their hands raised and it feels great, but really it just they hit a nice key and they sounded really good? We ask these questions of how do we experience the presence of God? And plain and simply, I'll put before you that the presence of God is not just a mystical force, but it is the presence of Jesus that we can experience life with Him. His Spirit dwells within Him. That we find in the Scripture story that God created the heavens and the earth and everything was perfect. And humanity comes on the scene and God is enjoying company with them, walking in the cool of the garden. Sin comes on the scene, fractures that relationship. Jesus comes on the scene, lives amongst humanity, lives the perfect life, does not sin, dies for humanity, defeats death, is alive, says, I've got to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. He ascends to heaven and says, now my spirit is amongst you. You must go now for and preach the gospel, make disciples, and here we find ourselves in. But the Spirit of God lives within us if we profess and believe in Jesus Christ, and we now therefore can experience him right now. We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to go far away. But right here in this moment, you can experience the presence of God. So I say all this to say, you have to recognize and realize that the presence of God is present. It's simple to say, but you have to think about the idea that the presence of God is not far away, hard to attain, but it's with you right here in this moment. That the presence of God is present. Psalm 46 that we just read, verse 1 says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Not a very occasional help, not a very far off help, but a very present help in trouble. We live in a day and age in a world where there is heartache and pain and challenge. And I, I'm confident that people under the sound of my voice across the state are going through horrific situations. Whether it's you're experiencing grief right now or a bad report from the doctor within your family. Or maybe you're feeling lonely and riddled with anxiety. There's so many heartbreaking things within this community across the state. But you need to know tonight that the presence of God does not change based upon your circumstance. It does not fluctuate whether it's good or bad based upon what you're facing. But the presence of God is with you in that moment. In, in times in life, you can feel like you're on the, on the pinnacle of the mountaintop. And in another times, you can feel like you're in the dark valley. But God is with you in all of it. That the presence of God is present in that moment. And so I wanted to ask you tonight is, where do you find refuge? Where do you run to? Where do you desire to be rescued? Where, where do you find safety and protection? I was talking about this with Glenn this morning, but I think the reality is that when the pressure of life hits us, stress, challenge, hardship, we all find refuge in certain things. For some of us who might be running downtown to that bar to have a few drinks to numb the mind and just calm down. 
For some of us, it might be back to that toxic relationship and ending up in that bed that you didn't plan to end up in. For some of us, it might be ending up on that computer to go to that website where you find safety in. For some of us, it might be selfish ambition, trying to just, if I can just accumulate money and possessions and do these things, then I'll be maybe calmed down. Or it may just be simpler things, but still what we find refuge in. Literally over the past few weeks, me and my wife have had a few stress things with just trying to figure out our future in regards to we have to renew our visas coming up in the, in the next uh, couple months and we're trying to figure out our future and uh, making plans accordingly and just feeling stressed. And immediately, like, this is a random one, but it's like, dude, I need to go to McDonald's to get a McFlurry. <laughs> Shout out to McFlurry. Is there any lovers out there or just me? Okay. <laughs> But real talk, like we find comfort in food and like, man, if I can just get this, I feel good. For some of us, I do this all the time. We just go want to sit on our couch and watch Netflix nonstop because it numbs our mind and puts the world on hold. But what if we align ourselves and say, man, the presence of God is the refuge that I want to go to. Not just on a church on a Sunday, but in your house and in your living room and in your bedroom and in your car that you can know that the presence of God is with you. So I want to say to you, Rally, run to the presence of God. Go after it. It's not some works like if I can do these things, then he'll accept me. No, the finished work of Jesus has already paid the price and you can experience him today. So this is another thing that you need to recognize from this text is that the presence of God is relational, not just transactional. The presence of God is relational, not just transactional. Verse 7 of this text says that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I don't know about you, but were there any Santa fans out there? Like you love Santa? Everyone's like, no, I'm an adult. Like I could never like Santa. Were there any Santa fans as a kid? whoa, okay, we need to work on your joy as a child. Like, Santa's great, man. Like, he, he was my man. Because when I was growing up, I don't know what it's like in, in the States, but in Australia, we have, like, Santa at shopping centers, uh, I mean, malls, whatever you guys call it here. And, and my, we, my mom would say, make a shopping list. A shopping list. No, that's what she would do. I would go along to the shops with her. Make a wish list of what you want for Santa. And so I'll get this piece of paper out and be like, all right, here's my, here's my piece of paper. And I'll write on here and be like, all right, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Please come through for me. And go, go, to Santa, go up to Santa and say, hey man, uh, I don't really care about you. You look kind of weird and strange, but if you could please get me my skateboard, my, my BMX bike, and my new football, I'll be stoked. And give it with this guy, take a really awkward photo with Santa, look ugly, you know. And then I'll go home and say, hey, he better come through for me. Go to, the, go to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. I don't see a BMX from Santa. I don't see a skateboard and I don't see a football because my parents had this idea that Santa ain't going to give better presents than us. So you're going to have like a little pair of jocks. I don't know, like, you, like just these little, do you call them jocks? You know, no one thought that funny. It was just awkward. Huh? Oh, sorry, underwear. That's what it is in Australia. <laughs> Australia translation. <laughs> there you go. But get like these cheap presents and I'm like, man, Santa sucks. And then my parents were like, here's a BMX, you know, <laughs> give us our affirmation and love. But I think this is how we treat God sometimes. Hey, God, my wish list. You see her? Can she, can she be my girlfriend? 
We put these things on our wish list of life and we just give it to God and hope that he'll come through. And if it doesn't come through the way that we are, we're disappointed and upset and frustrated because we have this idea that it's a transaction. Now, don't get me wrong. God can take your hardship and worry and give you peace and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that he can't do that. What I'm saying is we miss the relationship behind it, that God wants you to experience him. And so, so often in life, what we do is we just talk at God, blah, 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 peace. And we miss the friendship. We miss the relationship. So often we talk at God and we miss the chance to wonder about him and enjoy him. So often we expect a big booming voice from heaven and he speaks in a whisper. We expect to hear big loud thuds like this is your will for your life. But it's like he's tiptoeing to be found and desires to experience him and spend time with him. And we miss the relationship. So clearly we read about that God is with us in this text. The Lord of hosts is with us. He has been with you in the past. He is with you now and he will be with you in the future. Someone needed to hear this when I, I, I wrote this th this afternoon is that God is not dead, he is not distant, and he is not dormant. God is not dead, he is not distant, and he is not dormant. But friends, he wants to know you. You don't need to feel like he's far off removed. You don't need to feel like he's not at work in your life. But my friends, he wants to know you. Will we not miss this idea that his presence is transformational? That he is, the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you and is making you more like Jesus. That your character is changing. That you're finding joy in his presence. We're not looking to the circumstances around us, but we are experiencing his presence in and through us. I think so often in life we, we chase the emotional high of church life. If I can go to this big night of worship, then God's presence is there. If I can run off to this conference over here, it feels good here, but we're just dry in between. And God, I just believe, wants to give you consistency in following Him. Don't get me wrong, the conferences, the nights of worship, rally is great. But God wants you to enjoy Him every single day. Wherever you go, whatever you do, that you can enjoy Him forever. There is so much simplicity to knowing Jesus. So often we overcomplicate it and get worried and stressed. But I just believe tonight that someone needed to hear the simplicity. But he wants to know you in the everyday moments, in the highs, in the lows. And so I came with one last thought for you, and then we're going to worship. Would you make room for his presence in your life? Verse 10 in this text says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We have such busy lives, so much going on. We wake up, we scroll on our phones, we do go to work, we go to school, we have time with friends, we do all these things and we just are on the go constantly. And the reason I, I brought these chairs up on stage with me is because I, I think so often we treat God kind of like, imagine if, if he was here sitting on the seat, it's like 
hey, 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 God, how are you? Uh, the tall Aussie guy said, I need to talk to you. Uh, so here I am. All right, peace. I'm off. And we just keep going through the motions of life and we get busy and we get active and there's so much things going on that we miss the friendship. We miss the opportunity to know him in a more deep and intimate and personal way. Then hardship hits and, and you, your mind gets racing. I got to help them. I got to do these things. I got to go, 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 go. Hey, hey, God, I got a really bad report from the doctor, uh, but I got to go and help them. Then some things in life and maybe you get the bill, maybe you get told you, you, you just need financial breakthrough. It's like, hey, hey, God, I've got a really big bill that I need to pay. Can you please help me? Because I know you're my provider, uh, but that would be great. All right, I've got to go, got to go, got to go to work. And on and on and on it goes. Busy, rushing, activity. And I think God has better for us. N.T. Wright says that, it is only when we slow down our lives that we catch up to God. Could it be that we are scared to stop and be alone with ourselves and be alone with our thoughts? Could it be that we're scared to know the thoughts that are actually running around in our minds? And to pause and actually spend time in God's presence. Because worry bubbles up. Anxiety bubbles up. And we would rather run and do these activities that put the world on hold. Stay up late watching Netflix, playing this game, running, doing these things from activity to activity. And God just calls us to be still and know that I am God. So I want to ask you, where in your life do you need to make space for God? We all have 24 hours in the day. We all spend it differently. But would the young adults of South Carolina be known for their desperation and hunger for God, that we make space for God in our life? You can meet with God. He's not far off. He's not removed. I make time to take my wife out on dates. I make time to text her, to chat with her after, after work and spend time in her presence. And we don't just occasionally chat to each other like we go to church once a month and that will do. No, it's daily. I, I, it would be weird for me not to talk to my wife for a couple days. My friends, that God wants an even more intimate relationship with you than marriage. You don't have to look to a future spouse to fulfill you and satisfy you. Know that you can find fulfillment and joy in the presence of God. And that's on offer for you tonight. And so as we bring our time to close, I want to ask really simply, what do we need to do out of this? And I want to give some practical rhythms and practices that you can do in your life to not just come to a rally on a Tuesday night, but, but rally's all about activating you to an everyday relationship with Him. So you can do this. Here's my first one. Slow down. 
What do you need to say no to? Maybe it's going to hang out with that party. What are your priorities in life? What do you need to stop? And don't stop going to church. That's a big one. But make priorities. Hey, this is non-negotiable for me. I'm getting up early and I'm spending time in God's presence. Maybe it's practically, hey, when I'm in my car driving, I'm going to put on worship music and create a little space right there. The next one is Sabbath. I think we break this all the time. This is not just some command from God, but it's a gift. It's this idea of taking one day a week to cease and to celebrate. Maybe you need to turn your phone off for 24 hours and just say, hey, I'm gonna, it's this idea of pleasure stacking. What are things that make you happy? Going on hikes, hanging out with friends, go to breakfast with, with someone, read a book, slow read your scriptures. Practically, what does this look like on Friday nights at my house? We either invite someone over for dinner or we'll do a dinner as a family. Then on Saturday mornings, we have family pancakes. It's awesome. Eli gets little blueberry pancakes and he throws them everywhere. And then we might go out on a family, on a little family walk, go get a coffee, and just try and enjoy the day. Turn off our phone, stay away from it, and just put our mind on God. Every one of you have different work schedules in life, but try your best to find 24 hours to cease and to celebrate God's goodness. Silence and solitude, we talked about it earlier. Practically make space in your life to be silent. It's hard, man. At Clemson last week, Glenn talked about this idea of putting a three-minute timer on your phone and sitting in silence. Your mind wanders. Practically, what does this look like for me now? I wake up relatively early in the morning and I go sit on my front porch and I sit on a seat just like this. I don't bring my phone out there with me and I pause. And I let my mind start to worry and the anxiety and worries and things start to bubble up. And I imagine my mind grabbing and putting it in a bin. And just letting God, you got it. And then what do I do? I have these anchor words in my mind where I just say Jesus in my mind. Jesus. And just start letting the presence of God and enjoying it. Because so often we think the presence of God is just talking back and forth. Like imagine if you just nonstop talk to someone. It's like this would be weird. We've said so many things. But we get to enjoy each other's company. And I know that this isn't some big like emotional finishing to a preach, but I'm trying to help you as you go into your days and into your workplace and into your life. Practically, here's another one, slow reading of scripture. Every morning when I make my coffee, I randomly will find three Psalms and I'll read them out loud. Vindicate me, O God, defend my cause against an ungodly people from deceitful and unjust men, and I just start reading and then use it as a springboard of God. I need you. I need your help. Slow read through Scripture. Journal, write your prayers and things. There are so many practical things, and practically watch your screen time. Okay? Be still and know that I am God. And so as we bring our time to close, I, I was thinking about how to end this time. We read in this text this idea of being still and knowing that He is God. And we read in this, this scripture reading earlier that in the city of God there is a stream. And this stream is representative and symbolic of the Spirit of God. 
And I think in this room, if we're being honest, there will be two camps. There are people who truthfully feel like in their life, it feels like a stale pond. Feel dry. Feel mal- malnourished. Now, other of you that you feel like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm experiencing God's presence. And I would say to all of us tonight that there is more depth for you to experience the presence of God. That in the chaos of the world, take personal responsibility to be still and know God. Not just know about Him. Some of you are super proud of your theological fancy words. Transubstantiation, predestination, the resurrection, all these fancy words. It's great, know them. But don't just know a lot of fancy words, know God. God's looking for young adults who say, man, I don't have it all together, but I want to know you, God. I want to wait on you. I want to experience your presence. And that's an offer for you tonight. But not just tonight when we have this moment of extended worship on the back end. But tomorrow morning and as you go in your workplace. And so, would you stand with me and we're about to sing and worship. Last Tuesday, I was here at the Clemson campus and we were in community groups talking with the guys about this idea of pursuing the presence of God. And we were talking as a group about this idea of could the depth of a relationship and friendship be found in how comfortable we are in the awkward silence. Another way to say it is could the depth of a friendship be found in how comfortable we are in another person's presence. I could bring Taylor up here on stage with me and we could stand here awkwardly not say anything and I'd be totally fine because I got my girl with me. I could bring someone who I don't know up here and stand with you and be like, this is kind of awkward. There is more for you to experience in the presence of God. It's not weird. It's not far off. God wants to meet with you and know you. This is my final prayer for us as a community, man. I, I just, I'm so tired of this idea of playing church games. I'm so tired of trying to look like this cool young adult ministry. And I'm tired of seeing people who, who, who just come to a church on a Sunday. I, I want to see young adults across South Carolina rise up with hunger in their hearts saying, God, I want you, man. Our world is hurting. We need your spirit in and through us. And I pray that this will be true of us. That disciples are those who have been ravished with Christ, that others want to be like them. I pray that something would well up within you that say, hey man, I don't have all the answers, but I love God and I want more of Him. And as you do that and you behold and gaze upon the beauty of Jesus, I promise you your school, your workplace, your friendship groups, your family will look different because it has to start within you to go out without through you. And so right here tonight, this is time for you. We've created space for you to be still and know God. So that's why we're going to sing and worship. And maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable in this, and I would encourage you, close your eyes, quiet your mind. Maybe you need to physically move. We have the altars open for you. 
come and meet with God. There's nothing fancy about this, but there's something physical about moving, saying, God, would you speak to me in this moment? Maybe some of you need to take a seat and just hear God speak to you and open up your notes and maybe hear what maybe He might be saying to you. It might be a word of encouragement. But as we go into this time, would we not forget that the presence of God is good? And it's about relationship, not just transaction. And would we make room for God and for His presence? God, we love you. We need you. Holy Spirit, would you come? In this moment, as we quiet ourselves, I ask Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you remind us that you are with us, that you're not far away? And I pray for anyone tonight who maybe feels discouraged, for maybe someone who feels like they've messed up, for someone who feels like they just can't figure it out, remind them tonight that you see them. But not only do you see them, but you are with them. And would something bubble up within the young adults of South Carolina, a desperation and hunger for you, that people would see a young adults who are so in love with Jesus that they want what they have. I bless your people in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. For hearing Clemson. Turn me off. They, didn't, they said, get off stage, Josh. Right now, what I'd like to do here in Clemson, we're going to just give this a moment. We're just going to wait on God. So right here in this moment, can I ask you to, actually, we're going to sit for just a moment. We can bring, bring the house lights down a little bit. And I want you to just close your eyes in this moment. I want to, I want to show you something even further. We can, we can stop the keys for a second. Ben can stop for a moment. God will speak to you in a moment just like this. You don't need the keys. You don't need the lights. He'll speak to you right now. So right now, I want you to just wait. This isn't anything weird or anything creepy. In your mind, just say, God, I'm going to be still and know you. We're going to take a few minutes in this. Don't feel awkward with it, I promise you. And just wait. In a couple minutes, the band will start and we'll sing. But I believe God wants to speak in this moment.